So I will be sharing the word of God with you. Uh, so the subject that we had started from the previous year. So last year we were talking about, around Christmas I think, we were talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. The importance of the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, there is a great emphasis on the death of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we lose sight. Christmas, that's almost the only time that we get to talk about the birth of Jesus Christ. But I am here to tell you that uh, much as the, the death of Jesus Christ is important, the birth also is spiritually and redemptively important. Amen. So re, from Mateo, from the book of Matthew, chapter so, 1, from verse 18 to 23. So, so we'll try to recapture some of the things that we said last year. In order to help those who are not here to get the context. Amen. So Hallelujah. Mateo chapter 1 from verse 18 to 23.: So in my Bible it reads, "Now the birth of Jesus, Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is con conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Okay, let me read it in Hallelujah. Watike we yourself in Dotayake, Engolungisa, Engatandukum Slaza, Egusleni, Wanga Angamala and Assese. Akubona Bauas Tenga Ezindo, Nasa Situnia Senkosi, Sibonaka Lakuye, a pupay, Sisiti, Yosef Nyana Katavite, Musa Koika, Okum Tabatela Gue Maria Umfazuako, 
kuba oko kukaulelwe pagati kwa kengu kungo moya o ingwele. Uya kuzala unyana ke umbize nge kama elingu yesu kuba yena ea kuba sindisa abantu bake ezonene zabo. Kega loko oku konge kwenzeke ukuze kuzalseke okwa tetuaya inkosi ngu mprofeti isiti. Yabonani into mbile ia kumita izale unyana bambize nge kama elingu mmanyueli. Oko kukuti ngeteto evakalaya utito unati. Utito Amen. unati. Amen. Hallelujah. So you must realize from when we are reading the scripture. Askapela masifunda lompalo. Every aspect that we have read is very significant for us. How Jesus was born. How the angel appeared to Joseph. The fact that this was a prophetic fulfillment. The fact that Jesus was born by Mary and was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the fact that Jesus was actually born. That everything that is mentioned here it's quite important for all of us to understand. So just my breakdown. historical. Amen. Hallelujah. In verse 18, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. And so the Bible seeks to outline how Jesus was born. That Jesus was born in a particular and in a specific way. But also the birth of Jesus Christ is doctrinal. Because we as Christians really but had a mother representing the human nature of Jesus Christ. But also as Christians, we believe when Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we say Jesus is both human and divine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the other thing that we realize from Scripture, Hallelujah. He was given a name by his father from heaven. And his name had significance for our redemption. Yeshua Jesus, meaning Savior or Deliverer. We'll delve into that. But also we realize is prophetic or is a prophetic fulfillment that God before the foundations of the world planned the coming of Jesus Christ. That the, the coming of Jesus Christ was not an afterthought. That God from all eternity resolved to save mankind and will bring a savior 
is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So every aspect that you have read here bears significance for our own salvation and for our own spiritual growth. Amen. Hallelujah. So he said now, the Bible says now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. That this is about the historical narration of the birth of Jesus Christ. That we are told that the birth of Jesus Christ actually took place. That he was born into a natural human family. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the birth of Jesus Christ actually took place. So this, the Bible tells us that Jesus was born into this world. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we believe that Jesus was naturally born because he had, he had a natural mother. And what we believe is not only what we believe in the 21st century. It is what Christians have forever believed because it is what the Bible actually teaches. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, it's a historical birth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, that's what makes it true. We did not invent the person of Jesus Christ. So, he's not the figment of our own imagination. It is very dangerous to only emphasize the fact that the Bible is a spiritual book. Because by doing that, you are ignoring the very basis upon which we stand. That it is a historical book that it speaks about the events that actually took place. When Paul argues or submits his reasoning around why the, the death of Jesus or the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, is important. He says, if we don't believe is that Jesus rose from the dead, then if Jesus did not come, and if Jesus was not crucified, and if Jesus did not die, and if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then everything that we believe is null and void. Amen. So it is theologically, theologically significant to affirm Jesus as a human being. Because human beings die. Amen. So the death of Jesus Christ had to be a, the birth of Jesus Christ had to be a real thing in order for the death of Jesus Christ to be a real thing. Without the birth, Amen. So what I could see so people in the past since the uh, the origin of Christianity who tend the group 
to deny the very human nature of Jesus Christ. Others were denying the deity of Christ or Even to this day, there are those who still deny that Jesus is both human and divine. But us as people who believe in the Bible, in the scriptures, we understand that Jesus was born by the virgin birth of Mary and he was born out of the power of the Holy Spirit. The two are not mutually exclusive. The two are not mutually exclusive. The two are both truths from the scripture, from the word of God. So Orthodox Christianity, which is really uh, historical Christianity, affirms that Jesus is fully God and fully man. He is truly man and he is truly God. So in the council of Nicaea and council of Chalcedon, they captured, that is the Christians post, post uh, the apostolic era, who encountered those groups who were denying both the deity and also the human nature of Jesus Christ. So they clarify this truth. For instance, in what is um, written in the council in the council of Chalcedon, which is around AD 5451, this is what is stated. This is the Christians who believed in the scripture. This is the Christians who were faithful to what is written in scripture. This is the Christians who fought for this very truth. Remember, in the Bible, we do not find explicit, it explained in this explicit sense or in this clear sense. So, we then following the Holy Fathers, that is the, um, the Christians who came after the apostolic era, all with one consent, teach men to confess one and, and the same son. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the same perfect in the Godhead, and also perfect in manhood, truly God, and truly man, of a reasonable soul and body, consubstantial with the Father according to the Godhead, the same with the Father according to the Godhead, the same with us according to manhood in all things like unto us without sin so they wrote that Jesus is truly God and is truly man Hallelujah. Jesus is truly God and is truly man. Insofar as his manhood is concerned, he's like every one of us. Insofar as human nature is concerned, he's like every one of us. He has a body, 
He has a spirit. In his earthly ministry while he was here, he could eat with people. He could could be moved with compassion. So in every sense of a human being, he was human. Except the fact that he was without sin. He is the spotless lamb of God without blemish. So Amen. Then we touch on the doctrinal aspect of it, and it says she was found to be with the Holy Spirit. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, speaking about Mary. Did we arrive here? I can't recall. Amen. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So Mary, Amara. And what she was carrying was from the Holy Spirit. Natural and the supernatural. Human and divine. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke also attests to this in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 26 to 35. 35. We'll focus on verse 35. It says, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon Mary. The power of the Most High will overshadow Mary and the child that was to be born was a holy child. He was the son of the living God. He originates from above. He comes from heaven. He in actual fact pre-existed before he came into this world. Amen. His humanity is connected to Mary and his divinity is connected to God, the Holy Spirit. So this is what we call the doctrine of the nature of Jesus Christ. That he is truly God and is truly man. One person, two natures. One person, two natures. Divine and human. Fully God and fully human. He is the God man. In John chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible cites that the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. 
John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And so the Bible in verse 14 says, the word became flesh, and is dwelling amongst men. So those, those who were there at the time of Jesus Christ, they actually saw the word incarnate. The word was walking in human flesh. It was no longer the word that was written in the Bible. It was the word in human flesh speaking. The very source of the word was speaking. Amen. So it says we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and full of truth. He came from the Father because he is one with the Father. He was with the Father from the beginning. Him and the Father share the same nature. Amen. So, Bumudimu Bamarana Jesu, Li Butu Bamarana Jesu, even in the Old Testament. Testament Philippi chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. Who through who though he was in the form of God did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in the human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even a, such a shameful death on the cross. So the Bible here teaches that Jesus did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. Though he was in the form of God. Amen. Hallelujah. The divine emptied himself. He reduced himself to become that which he created. God from heaven above came to earth his creation in order to fulfill his saving purpose. That is the extent to which God loves you. See, God is not under any, obli was not under any obligation to come. God was not under obligation to come on earth to save sinners. His own enemies. His own enemies. So the Bible says he took, though he, he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking a form of a servant. It was this, our title in our pants, you and you said properly translated that word servant means slave. It's not an employee. 
Amen. Form, God form, slave form, or a human form and slave form. That he came as God became man not only became man but also became a slave for my salvation and yours. That he was nailed at the cross a shameful death an embarrassing death he was mocked and ridiculed. The son of God or God himself was mocked by human beings that he had created. Was mocked by you and I due to our own sins. It seems a distant thing if it was only those who nailed him at the cross. But the principle is the fact that it was sin that nailed him at the cross. It was my sin and yours that nailed him at the cross. It was due to our own transgressions that he was crucified. So both the humanity and the divinity of Christ are fully asserted in the word of God. The Bible says he was in the form of God that is the divine side and he was found in human form that is the human side this is one person two natures doctrine divine truly God of God and truly man in John chapter 17, verse 5, it says, I'm making a repetition. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. John chapter 17, verse 5. John 17, verse 5. Equally reveals the truth about the nature of Jesus Christ. It says, and now, and now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world was created. You see the language of Jesus Christ. He's asking his Father to glorify him with the same glory that he shared with the Father before he came into this world. The same glory that he shares with the Father. He's asking the Father to glorify him, to manifest it, to reveal it. Amen. Hallelujah. You remember what Jesus said, right? One of the things that Jesus said, he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. There, there is no other way to the Father except Jesus through Jesus Christ. In other words, you can't can reject the son in order to accept the father. Rejection of the son is the rejection of the father. If you reject the son, you are rejecting the provision of God for your salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. So in John chapter 14, again it states, 
Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? That the words that I speak, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. So whatever the son was doing, the father was doing. Whatever the father was performing, the son was performing. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus and the Father are one. Not only one in essence, even in the performance or rather in the doing of the works of salvation. Amen. So the Father and the Son, Mura, Lintate, are in union. They are one. Bukenyaba Heberu chapter 1 verse 3. It says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. upholds the whole entire universe with the power of His word. The sun sun upholds the entire universe. The reason the world has not yet ended is because it is sustained by the power of the word of the Son. Amen. By the power of his word, he sustains the stars, he sustains the moon, he sustains the fishes, the whole creation is sustained by the power of God's word. Me and you are sustained by the power of God's word. Whether we reject it or we accept it, whether we accept it or we accept it, Mudimu takes care of his creation. For we are all created by him. He is the sustainer God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you're just going to move to, this was just recapturing what we had talked about to lay the foundation. And a context. So, Jesu is of redemptive significance to us. The Bible Bible says he was given a name. The name Jesus. For he was to save the world from its own sins. Amen. Hallelujah. And so in verse 21, the Bible says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So when Jesus, he came with 
a purpose. The salvation of his people from their sins. Amen. Hallelujah. So so mudimu umanu lakaposenula liano la hai la upulusa batu dibinza bona. This is the lamb of God that was prophetically demonstrated how Abraham was about to kill his own son. And God provided a lamb. Amen. So tell the birth of Jesus Christ. We see the fulfillment of Jesus Christ. God. That he spoke through the prophets. About the coming of the Messiah. The long awaited anointed one who will save his people from their sins. That this is the fulfillment of the promise of God. That he is truly a faithful God. That he provides salvation. A way of escape. From eternal damnation. For, for those who rest their faith in the sacrifice of his son. So the name was linked to his purpose. The Bible says he was given the name Jesus. Yeshua. Yeshua. Deliverer, Savior. Because he was to come and to save me and you from our own sins. So his birth was not in vain. It was the fulfillment of God's plan. Zachariah attests to this in Luke chapter 1, verse, eight, verse 68 to 69. Look at what the scripture says. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he has visited and redeemed his people. So the way scripture puts it, it, it does not say he will redeem. It says uh, he has visited and redeemed his people. So the very entrance of the Son of Jesus, of the Son of God into the world was salvation in and of itself. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. 
So if a prophet and a priest was working in the temple like Zechariah, this man was constantly praying for the coming of the Savior. This man was constantly praying and fasting for the coming of the Savior. You can imagine they shall come to pass. So this man is realizing all that God has promised in scripture. The coming of the son of God, the coming of the lamb, the coming of the savior, the coming of the deliverer, the coming of the one who will forgive us. The Bible says he's the horn of salvation. The light of the world. The light of the world has come to lighten the whole world. So Jesus is the redeemer of Israel. The redeemer of the rest of mankind. Prophet Zechariah in chapter 9, verse 9, also prophetically states, Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, you, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey. On a called the fowl of a donkey. Here is the coming of the king. Here is the coming of a sovereign and supreme king. Here is the coming of the king of kings. Here is the coming of the almighty God. Here is the coming of the one who created the entire world. Seen things and unseen things. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming. Amen. So these are the prophecies by men who, who were carried along by the power of the Holy Spirit, speaking the same message over and over to the nation of Israel. Though they rejected God's way, God kept on pursuing them. Though they disobeyed him consistently, pursued them. Amen. It's the coming of the king. When Jesus was born, 
Others who by the Holy Spirit knew that the king was born. They came and worshipped him and blessed him with gifts. In Jeremiah 23, from verse 5 to 6, Jeremiah 23, 5, 6, the Bible says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David, uh, for David a righteous branch. He will reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In the days of Judah, in his days, Judah will be saved. Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord our righteousness. He's indeed our righteousness. He's indeed he's the one who has to justify anyone who believes in him. Through his blood we have been justified. He took upon himself our sins and put into our account his righteousness. He became a curse that we might become a blessing. He was nailed at the cross. He was nailed and punished at the cross so that you and I may find salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. He is the Lord our righteousness. It's not our own righteousness. We are not saved by our own righteousness. We are saved by the foundation upon which, which we stand. It's not our performance. It's not what we do. We are loved and accepted not based on what we do. But based on everything that Jesus did. The finished work of Christ at the cross in Calvary. That is the foundation upon which we stand. Indeed, he is the Lord our righteousness. In John chapter 1 verse 29, John also witnesses that he is the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. So behold God, behold the Lamb of God. Behold God's provision. 
There is a provision. There's a provision in the mountain of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Indeed, according to Revelation, he is the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the world. He is the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the world. The son, the child who was born, was there before he was born. So in Revelations chapter 5 verse 9, this is what the Bible says. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its cell for you were slain and by your own, by your blood you ransom you ransomed a, a people from every tribe, every language, and people, and nation, and have made them a kingdom of priests to our God. And they shall reign on earth. He sang a new song to the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the world. He has come to ransom a people people from different backgrounds people from different languages and across the entire world God is consistently fulfilling his purpose to save his people we might not know those people by name Ransom a people from China China, from India, we are India, Russia, England, you can think of all the countries, all the nations of the world. Through Jesus Christ, who has come, the one who was born into this world, the one who was born by Mary. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the 12th verse, uh, I'm about to finish. In, verses 12, in the same okay. chapter, the Bible says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the Lamb who was pierced. Worthy is the Lamb of God. So the coming of Christ was foretold. In fact, it was planned by God before the foundations of the world. So it was not an afterthought. It was not as if God was shocked when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. And it was not as if God was very stranded. He did not know what to do. Amen. Hallelujah. So we are assured of our own salvation because it rests on the eternal decree 
of God. It's something that was determined before you and I were born. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 19 to 20, this is our assurance. This is our hope. The Bible says the spotless blood of the Lamb, the eternality of God's plan of salvation, suffices for our own eternal security. You can read it at home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even a single drop of the blood of Jesus Christ that fell on the ground in vain. Any, every tiny little bit of the drop of Christ was for the redemption of God's people. So the lamb has been provided. The God man has come. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. We are assured of forgiveness of sin in Christ. We are assured of acceptance into the kingdom of God through Christ. We are assured that we have passed from death to life. We have been made co-heirs together with Christ. That we are united with Christ. That we are the children of God. Not because of what we did. But because of everything that he did. Indeed, his name carries authority for the forgiveness of sin. That today the name of Christ is the name that is exalted above every other name. In, in conclusion, in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Tulamudimu profoundly proclaims there is no salvation in any other name. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other name by which you and I can be saved. The name of Jesus. The name that is exalted. Is the name that is above every other name. It's a glorious and wonderful name. It has brought salvation to mankind. The child 
was born and given a name from above. The name was with a great purpose of saving mankind. Let us rise as we are about to pray. For to us a child is born. For to us a child is is called Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Maybe we are here this morning. As we share about the importance of the birth of Jesus Christ. But you have not come to accept the name. You have not come to accept the, the gift of God for your own salvation. God has provided a way of salvation for you and I. That you and I can be redeemed, our sins can be forgiven because the precious blood of the Lamb was shed. That we can find true joy and true peace, eternal joy and eternal peace in Jesus Christ. That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but shall have eternal life. That God took a form of a man and He took a form of a slave in order to redeem you and I. God has demonstrated his abounding grace and love and kindness to mankind by bringing Jesus into this world. So as we commence the year, you can have your hope renewed. You can start afresh in your life. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away, new things have come. You can commence this year in the newness of life in Christ. Only if you believe. But for us who believe, it's time perhaps to cherish, to, to embrace the fact that God brought his own son into this world. That to us a child was born to provide salvation, forgiveness of sin. That through his name, the name that is exalted above every other name, we may find rest.